time for the Susan Taylor Podcast, where we discuss the yoga of mind, medicine, and healing. Author of Feeling Good Matters, Sexual Radiance, and the Vital Energy Program, Dr. Taylor imparts authentic knowledge and practical tools that inspire, educate, and empower us to be a healing force for positive change. So join us and take your life and our planet to the next level. In the early 1980s, two psychologists from Ohio State University College of Medicine found that immunology decreased when students experienced simple stress on a three-day exam period. They had fewer natural killer cells, which fight tumors and viral infections. These findings indicate that immunity may indeed start in the mind. The current surge of technology, particularly during restrictive gatherings, we know we haven't been able to be with each other, really challenges our physical and psychological immunity. Many are experiencing emotional vulnerability and overreactiveness, not necessarily from our interaction with others, but within our own rumination of thoughts. Today I'd like to talk about what is psychological immunity, five mental pathogens to stay clear from, and how to measure our physical immunity. The more we find ourselves thrown out of our inner sanctuary, in other words, becoming emotionally imbalanced due to temper tantrums, anger, fear, irritability, resentment, and other disturbances, the weaker our psychological immunity and mental resilience becomes. You know, how well do we really deal with these difficult situations that are occurring, like loss of a job, death of a loved one, natural disasters, and the life experiences that challenge our well-being? These adverse conditions send most of us into a spiral, putting our mind into a state of susceptible negativity. Today, more than ever in the surge of technology, particularly during, as I said, current restrictive lockdowns, not only our physical immunity is challenged, but our psychological immunity is as well. And it affects every one of us on a daily basis. Many are finding themselves experiencing emotional vulnerability and overreactiveness, for example. And it's not necessarily from our interaction with others, but with our own rumination of thoughts. I mentioned this before, but it's very important to really hear this. A calm and stable mind is becoming more difficult to sustain due to so, many uncert so much uncertainty about our health, our welfare, and even our future. In fact, we must spend so much time, more time, you know, before computers, right? We're doing, we're sitting in front of these screens on a daily basis, texting away and interacting with humans electronically. Some is necessary for work and communication, of course, but the extreme overuse has side effects on our psyche. It strains our minds, nerves, and senses, as well as our bodies and digestive systems. Our direct social interaction is diminished and our time spent in the world of nature is reduced. You've heard me talk in the past about get out in nature. Nature is healing. So the question I would ask is what is psychological immunity and do we really have it? We've all heard how important it is to have physical immunity, right? That's our ability to resist disease, uh, not get, you know, not ward off our pathogens, for example endure any dualities and, and harsh environments, which we don't have too much here, but we need to have physical strength and stamina 
And, you know, our physical immunity really dictates how we age. Are we going to slow down the aging process and heal ourselves? After all, that's what this whole vaccination is intended to really help us along with warding off pathogens. But what is psychological immunity? That's what I really want to talk about. Well, it's it has a similarity in the ability of the mind to resist disease, right? So instead of the body, it's the mind. But again, we know that the mind dictates the body in many, many cases. So it's similar in the ability of the mind to resist disease, of warding off emotional toxins, right? Endure the dualities of what we have from the, even the Yoga Sutras. They talk about it, gain and loss, joy and sorrow, success and failure. We need to really have the mental strength and stamina, and that will actually slow down the aging process and heal ourselves. That's what aging's all about. Not all the vitamins we have in the cabinet necessarily. It's really how well we're dealing with our mind. You know, just as there are physical imposters like bacteria and viruses, so there are mental imposters. And I put a little list. I said five. I, the negative emotions like fear, anger, hatred, greed, and maybe desire. Desire for things that are not really, really useful for us. And they can infect us. And I spoke about that in the past. And that becomes our infection in the mind. And we live with that. You know, just as there are contagious and epidemic physical diseases, there are mass psychological disturbances. And we see them in the forms of violence inflicted on people. Fear, we see fear that's just prevalent in the news. Uh, and so it creates even our negative self-talk, the way we talk about how we feel, how we look, what our self-worth. That that's all, that's all contagious. It just... It just builds up and builds up. And it even goes to an outward scale where we have mass shootings and even war. So these are contagious. It's, it's mass psychological disturbance that's happening. But we need physical immunity to be strong, right? Everyone would agree with that. But we must have that mental resilience, maybe we'll use that word, to face any obstacles that may be really unpleasant that we're seeing. So for psychological immunity to be strong, we must be able to endure our own likes and dislikes. These are actually disturbances in the mind, diseases of the mind, I'd like to say. Because when we observe a situation that we don't agree with, it changes our thinking. You know, we lose our sense of self. I like this, I don't like this. You know, we have to be able to face the situations without losing our calm, collective state of mind. That means equanimity I'm talking about. We have to have the resilience to face any diversity in human behavior without reacting. I'm not saying to disagree or not to agree or disagree, but just equanimity to just watch it for what it is. And that's a very hard skill to learn. And it comes through training, which I'll get to in a minute. So I would like to ask and say, how many of us have strong psychological immunity? If I were to ask you, how strong is your psychological immunity? And I would say most of us are going to say less, probably not as much as we think we might have, because our resistance to outside pathogens in a physical way is strong. Some of us say, yeah, I'm really strong. I don't get ill. But it always appears that way because we don't pay much attention to the subtle changes that happens in our thoughts. How immune are we to what's going on on the outside? And now is a perfect time to really assess that because it is very difficult with what's going on now of 
not having your, for those that are meditating in the community, we've talked about this in our calls and our community calls where it's really difficult. It affects our practice. It affects our calm and tranquil mind because we're all part of this as a whole. The reason psychological immunity is harder to strengthen than physical is because it's not as clear. You know, our body gets a cold or a flu, but psychological immunity is invisible, right? It's someone who really doesn't know the subtleties of the feelings and thoughts before they become full blown into the body. This is because, you know what, we seldom, and now I wouldn't say this community because this community, many of you are meditators and are learning it or being part of it or long-term practitioners, but you know, we seldom properly nourish and exercise, train or even discipline our mind. I like to say train your mind because when we train our mind, that essence that we create, the energy of our mind is really what dictates and is the essence of our life. We do that with the body, right? We nourish it, we exercise it, we train it. We sometimes even discipline it, right? Not to eat certain things and, um, or get up on time. But uh, when we talk about a subtle, more subtle aspect of the mind, we, uh, we get caught in emotional reactions to circumstances. It's harder to do that kind of training. And we wanna be able to respond with clarity to difficulties and opposition. People with weak psychological immunity, and it, sometimes it comes, sometimes it goes, but we wanna have really a sustainable psychological immunity. We're intolerant of those who disagree with our way of thinking right? It's easier to love someone who loves us, right? It's easier to love someone who thinks like us. And you know, when they don't, we point the finger blaming and labeling, and then they're deemed the enemy. And I'm not putting this on anyone in the community. I'm just saying, in general, I'm looking at a whole essence of human behavior. You know, just because people don't respond the way we think they should, we, you know, we create problems. This is a simple way to measure your psychological immunity. Psychological immunity is equal to your power of attention. I like to say focus or your awareness, focus your awareness. How long you can focus on a particular object, topic, or just a feeling of calm equanimity as, it were, as an observer when you're watching something without labeling it and putting an emotion to it, that's how strong or weak your, your psychological immunity is. Very difficult practice to do, very, very difficult. And, you know, we don't, we see things the way we want to perceive them and they're colored within our own perception, but try to not color anything and just see it for what it is. You know, in yoga science, the masters have the ability to focus their awareness. No matter what, they maintain a state of equanimity. It doesn't mean that they ignore what's going on. It's quite the contrary, but they work to restore peace and harmony without the mental reactivity. When we become proficient in our meditation, uh, in our yoga practice, we learn the skill of focus to create a one-pointed mind, clear, tranquil, one-pointed mind, open to all points of view with that equanimity. And that's the key. So I'd like to end with three meditation. I always say meditation and its practices because meditation has practices that are associated with it. It's not just to sit down on a cushion. We have to do number one, diaphragmatic breathing. We need to work with our breath. That's one of the practices to build our psychological immunity. Diaphragmatic breathing restores balance to our nervous system and it helps balance the mind. And when you learn to breathe properly, you have access to what's called what we call prana, prana, the vital breath. 
and then we're able to experience the subtle essence of the life force that animates each one of us. It infuses every cell and tissue throughout our body and is carried on and stimulated by the breath. Every, everything that is infused in the cell is carried and stimulated by the breath. Keep that in mind. So the first I would say is breath. The second I would say is yoga, asana. Uh, that also moving, movement, and I talk about this in Return to Radiance. That's one of the components in the book with uh, movement practices. It moves prana in the body. It helps to dissipate tension, clear stagnation. It encourages flu fluidity throughout the tissues and even the subtle body and even our mental and emotional spheres. So when it's done skillfully, it'll balance our entire living organism and increase your psychological immunity. And then of course, the third I would say is meditation. Meditation supports us in cultivating passive awareness and it helps us engage with our lives in a clearer, more detached manner, meaning equanimity. And you know, that comes over time. This skill, learning to meditate correctly. And you know, you know, people talk about having new meditation and there's new things going on. Meditation is a learned skill with just really basic, basic uh, practices. You work with your posture, you work with your breath, and then you work with that subtle energy of relaxation. And that will put you, whether you do mantra, not mantra, whatever, that will put you into a very skilled, precise practice because it'll help calm the nervous system, decrease stress, and encourage a healthier response to stressful situations, which in turn help protect your vital essence and promote immunity. Over time, a daily meditation practice can truly repattern the brain. And if you don't have a meditation practice, that's okay. You could practice guided meditations. I offer 21 days available for download on our site. And that could, you can get started while you're waiting maybe to go into a class. Or you could join one of our classes or one of our live groups that we do it together in a guided way. Guided is kind of fun and nice if you want that support while you're getting started or if you want to continue doing that or if you, if you have your own private practice just to join in with a collective consciousness. But as I always say, check it out for yourself, do your research and see what works for you. And that brings us to the end of this episode. The Susan Taylor podcast is available on susantaylor.org, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. And subscribe on susantaylor.org and on YouTube, Susan Taylor PhD TV. Please keep in mind, everyone, that if you really like this podcast, share it on the YouTube channel at Susan Taylor PhD TV. And if you can go there and subscribe and share it from there, if you like it, that would be great. It helps to support the community. You can always visit susantaylor.org for more information or contact us with any questions or comments or feedback. I would love to hear from you. And until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment. <laughs>